Hello, hello, loves. How are you? If you are catching me on my YouTube and you are watching the video, you'll notice I have wet hair. That's because I just washed it after playing tennis with Gid this morning. And as always, as I'm always saying to so many of my clients, like there's so many lessons outside of work, outside of what we traditionally think of as work um, that create so much value and creativity and joy and all of these like positive things that also will impact our actual work. So for any of you, if any of you are listening and you find it very hard, like a lot of my hackers when they first come to me, to switch off or to let yourself rest or play or do things, um, I will say the what's it called the gateway to rest, the gateway to play, the gateway to uh, guilt-free rest and play is actually acknowledging um, that they are productive too. Um, so today's episode is going to be a little bit of an example of that from my own life that you, you are going to see me using something that happened in tennis to come and teach you all today on a topic and a concept that is something we discuss a lot in Time Hackers um, and something that I know is affecting a lot of you. So that's what's going on today. It's kind of like a double lesson. There's the lesson and there's the lesson beneath the lesson. But I definitely wanted to just pause and acknowledge that like, you know, obviously not everything we have to do has to be productive. We definitely don't want to be just thinking in that way, that very way that we've been taught to think about ourselves as producers or consumers only. But if you struggle to switch off, to rest, to play, then know that literally everything has what we call in Time Hackers externalities. And that's an economic term from my background in economics, which means like basically unintended external uh, impacts. And that can be positive or negative. So me playing tennis this morning had an externality, a positive externality of creativity for this very podcast episode. Um, and so you know, if any of you are struggling to give yourself time to do what you want to do, instead of thinking about what it's going to take from maybe your work or your to-do list, think about what it's going to give to it. Okay, so speaking of, let me take a sip of my tea here. Um, so speaking of, well, I'm giving all the warm-up now to the main events. Um, so me and Gid have been playing tennis and I play tennis from, I was saying to him today, literally from when I was two, my dad's a really big tennis player, um, like a really good tennis player, not big, I don't know what that would even mean, but he's a really good tennis player. So we always played um, and it was always fun until I think I was about 11, 12 and I just decided I wanted to stop playing. We um, just used to go and sit and refuse to play. So um, that was where I was at until a few years ago. I would dip in and out a little bit, but really um, during COVID, me and Gid, we were living in the countryside in someone's like granny flat and they had a tennis court on the ground. So we started playing. It was so much fun. Um, and now we've kept it up. So we were playing today. And so normally <laughs> how we start is we go forehand to forehand, which is Two, two specific boxes. We, we do them for a rally to get to 10. And then today I was like, I want to do the backhand 10 to 10. Um, and Kitty started yelling at me because it was taking us longer to get to 10. He's like, why don't you just do the forehand and then we'll get there faster. And I said to him, because if I want to get better at this, then I have to be willing to be bad at it. And that's the lesson. That's when I really thought of you guys. 
um, and knew that I wanted to talk about that today because another place that comes up is serving in tennis. So that's like to open the point, you do a serve. It's a specific type of shot for anyone that doesn't know tennis. And it's one that I definitely need the most practice on and also the least want to do, right? Of course, I want to do it the least when I tell myself I'm not good at it. Of course, I want to do it the least when I tell myself it's going to be a waste of time. Um, I'm already behind all of this narrative that so many of my clients come to me with around their work or around personal goals or whatever it might be. So I just want to pause for a minute and I want everyone listening to think about something that they want to do but are not doing. So for me, it could be practicing my serves. For Giddy, it could be practicing his backhand. It could be something silly. It doesn't need to be something heavy and serious. In fact, oftentimes when we're first thinking about the work and the tools and what I teach about, it's actually really helpful to do it on something where you don't put a lot of weight on it um, just to see how the brain is so the same. Like our brains are the same over the little things and the big things, right? So now you have something in mind, I want you to think or to just even pause and think, what are you telling yourself about why you can't do that thing? Is it like, I'm not good. It's going to take a long time. I don't know if it's going to be worth it. What what is it that you're telling yourself? And this particularly, what struck me today with the tennis was this is particularly potent and strong when it comes to having two things side by side that we can do where one we're already good at and the second one we're new to or we don't feel as confident in so that could be the forehand and the backhand that could be the the play versus the serve right typically when it comes to creating change in our life and that might be applying for a promotion that might be doing a new project that might be launching a podcast that might be you know for me recently I've started to be more active on LinkedIn so if you are listening and you are on, on LinkedIn you can connect with me there and follow me there by the way um So, but where is it for you that you are wanting to do something new, but you also have something that you've been doing that's working? So for me, it could be like my Instagram, for example. My Instagram works really well. My podcast, my podcast works really well. And then there's LinkedIn, which is completely new. For the tennis example, it's like my forehand, my backhand, I'm confident in, my serve less so. Why would I, why would my brain be motivated to get on board with doing something new that I'm not as good at, that I'm going to fail more, that I'm going to be, you know, overcoming all of my brain's pre-programming to avoid failure, to avoid doing new things, scary things, potentially dangerous things, where we might not win and we might not succeed. Like it's so obvious that when there's an alternative option, one that we already know, one that we are already succeeding in, we are going to keep doing that. So what's your alternative option? What are the two that you're thinking of here? It might be like, for example, oh, I want to sort through my closet, but I'll just do another load of laundry. I know that's a really simple example, but again, I want to encourage you to use simple examples. Mm. It might be, oh, I want to take on this new project at work and put myself in the ring for this potential promotion, but also I've got emails I can do. Emails is a big one, right? We love answering emails because they're so fast, they're so quick, and typically we can just like get through get through them and it creates this dopamine rush for us of like doing lots of things. I've done lots of things. I answered 12 emails, even if the emails were just like, thanks, cheers. Yep, I can see you next week at one o'clock, whatever it might be. We feel like we're ticking off things off that mental to-do list and we're getting things done, even if those things that we're getting done aren't high value. 
So how do we go from the land of comfort, from the land of forehands and backhands into the land of serving? How do we inspire ourselves to do that? How do we get ourselves out of the chair and into action on the thing that we actually want to do, the thing that we know is going to move the needle the most? Because for me, back with the tennis example, when you play tennis, a serve is how you open the point. It's arguably the most important point uh, like not point the most important move maybe um of the game and loads of amazing tennis players win purely by serving like they want to be the one to serve when I'm playing I'm like can someone else serve um because you have the option to just win the point immediately when you do it well so how do I motivate myself and for you I need to think about for you what's the thing that you want to motivate yourself away from and towards so how do I move myself away from the comfort of the forehand and the backhand into the discomfort of serving right knowing that knowing spending time improving there is actually going to be a way more a way significant impact to my tennis game than improving um my forehand and for example I'm going to give a numerical example here if this goes over your head that's fine but some of you might get it more which is like if I'm 50% good at my serve and I increase that 10% then I've gone up to 60% right so that's 10% increase if I'm at 10% good sorry if I'm 50% good at my forehand and I increase it 10% I get to 60% Right. So I've gone from 50 to 60. If my serve is a 10 percent good and I increase it 10 percent, I go to 20 percent. I've doubled it. I've doubled how good I am at serving. So just wanting you to think about that, like the same movement and two different skills, the same percentage increase is much more significant when we start less good at that skill. Right. Um, if that went over your head, it's totally fine. I'm just a total maths geek and sometimes relate things back to maths. <laughs> um, okay, so how to inspire ourselves. So the first thing to do, because a lot of people will be like, well, you can let it all out, right? Go back and listen to that episode, You're Inner Crazy, and just like spend the time letting out all the inner crazy, all the judgment, all the criticism. I'm not good. I can't do this. I'm terrible. Everyone's going to judge me. Everyone's going to see how bad I am. It's going to suck. I hate it. It's not fun. Let it all out. Let it all out onto a piece of paper. Let it all out onto a voice note or a WhatsApp note to your best mate, whatever you want. And then once you've let it all out, literally like throw that piece of paper in the bin. It's not necessary anymore. We don't need to spend more time there. It's like we've purged all of the shitty story and the narrative around it. And then we just get to put it away. Now, here's the important thing. We don't then put a positive affirmation sprinkle on the things right so I'm not going to be like oh I love serving it's so fun I'm so good at it if I just don't believe that but what I did today was different so there's different elements to the serve there's throwing the ball moving your racket hitting the ball um positioning your feet there's like lots of different elements and instead of thinking about changing my narrative over the whole serve I just said to myself (laughs) Oh, I can throw the ball, which is true. I've thrown a thousand balls in the air before, if not 10,000 probably. Um, By the way, this totally disproves the 10,000 hours to be an expert, by the way, because I'm not an expert in tennis. Um, But I have thrown 10,000 balls for sure in the sky over my lifetime. And so I just focus on that. I was like, I just know how to throw the ball. Now, I also have in the back of my head 
my dad telling me when I was younger, how you throwing the ball is the most important part. Like how you throw the ball is like going to determine how good a serve you have. And honestly, I said this to myself, I said, I just know how to throw the ball. And I threw the ball and I aced the serve. I did an amazing serve. Even Giddy was shocked. I was like, I don't know what just happened. But I know exactly what happened. I stopped trying to perfect the whole process. I stopped being attached to the outcome. I was willing to play with something new. I was willing to focus on just one part of it and to break it down and to just be willing to just be good at that one part and let every other side of it mess up. And that created so much safety for me to just like go for it and to just, and and it also created like an easier step towards belief. I didn't have to believe the serve would go in and be amazing, which would be like laughable at that point. I would have been like, okay, great. That's not going to happen now. I just focused on one part. I just focused on throwing the ball. So for you, I want you to think about the thing that you've been putting off because, or you don't feel inclined to do because you're not as good at it or as comfortable with it as you have been in the previous area. I want you to purge all of the stories and then throw them away. You don't need to keep saying them after that. You've got them all out. There's nothing that your brain has to tell you again. If it wants to tell you again, you just say, thank you. Thank you. Kind of like if a stranger came up to you and was like, I don't like your shoes. You wouldn't be like, oh my God, you don't like much. You'd be like, thank you. Okay. Like, I don't need to take that on board, but you have a nice day. That's the exact attitude you want to have if your brain throws it at you again. You don't need to argue with that part of your brain. You don't need to convince that part of your brain. You don't need to silence that part of your brain. You just get to be like, okay, thank you. Point taken. And I'm going to move on. Um, And then think about what's one part that maybe you can talk yourself around. So for example, if it's applying for a new job or a promotion, maybe it's like, I actually am totally willing to speak to my manager and see what they think about me going for this promotion. I'm actually totally willing to look at my LinkedIn page and think about the ways that I can update it. Or I'm actually totally willing to um, to send an email to this person. Like, what is one part of it that you are willing to do? And take that first step, right? An object in motion stays in motion get yourself into motion um so that's it from today short and sweet listen there's lots of different strategies around this there's even ones I've already discussed on this podcast but today it was so clear and I really wanted to share that with you so that you could literally take today's episode and implement something immediately that you've been putting off by allowing yourself to get all the negative stories out that's super important so that your brain afterwards when it's like Hey, you can't do this. You're like, yeah, well, we, we spoke about this already. Thank you. You, Your point has been heard. <laughs> we noted it and I appreciate you reminding me, but we we had it out. Um, and the second thing is just breaking down into what's one part of this that I can do. We Again, it's a strategy of our brain, the part of our brain that's wired for survival and to keep us safe and not wanting to change anything, to over-dramatize things because it doesn't want us to do new things, scary things, or things we might fail at because to that part of our brain is deadly, right? That's how we evolved. So you, so it's going to dramatize, that's one strategy. The second strategy is it's going to complicate and create this huge, heavy thing. And that's why it's so powerful to just pick, pluck one little part and allow yourself to just think about one little that one little part. Because we get good at something one part at a time, if that makes sense. Like we don't have to be, like an amazing tennis player is not someone who picked up the racket. Maybe, I don't know, but I'm confident 
that I can say it's not someone who picked up the racket and knew how to do every single move at once. They started with the forehand. Maybe then they went to the backhand. Then they went to the volley. Then they went to the serve, like whatever it, whatever it was. Like, I mean, I can tell you having learned tennis as a kid, like it's one move at a time. It's not about being good at everything. And even before that, the very first thing that I really learned how to do was just like watch the ball and catch the ball, right? That was actually the first step, just looking at a ball and looking at where it might catch where it might land so you can catch it so there's you really can break everything down and breaking it down makes it so much more digestible for our brains and much easier to follow through so really take your specific example break down all the different parts of it and pick one there's no right one you can start with the one that seeming you know seems to go first for me throwing the ball was the first part of the serve that's how I made that decision if that's how you want to make the decision that's absolutely perfect and listen if you know that you are avoiding things avoiding things that can move you further ahead and getting busy and caught up in the things just because you've always done them or you already feel good at them or you're already confident in them and you know that they're not the things that you necessarily should be giving time to because they're not the needle movers they're not where you can have the most impact and you want to figure out how to solve this over and over in your life so that you can achieve more have more fun with less effort less energy less mean talk then join time hackers you can uh, join right now and we still have this amazing series going on of live q a calls happening every single day work day um being hosted by time hacking experts that have used a specific tool that they're going to host a live Q&A on to change their lives. So you're going to get a live Q&A on every single time hacker tool where you can come and get support every single day, 30 minute call and get talked to and have a forum for asking questions and go move alongside the process alongside other new time hackers. It's literally the best time to join. It's ridiculous I was honestly thinking about how could I guarantee my client success easier faster in a more fun way without requiring more from them and this is what came up so it's literally the best time to join if you are listening to this and it's the replay then then it's like delayed so it's not you know May 2023 then the best news for you is that every single live Q&A call has been added to our private portal it's been added to our private podcast you can access them on demand um so still you get to watch every single tool and then watch the live q a calls and then still we have the community where you can come and ask you questions and obviously regular coaching as well so if you want to be a time hacker and you want to hit the ground running and you want to achieve more in the next 30 40 days than you have done in the past year now is the time to join just go to vickylouise.com forward slash time hyphen or you know whatever the subtract mark is hackers um you can always email us team at vickylouise.com with any questions and i can't wait to see some of you inside the community this week some newbies all right bye loves hey if you want to get five hours a week back minimum for life then i want to invite you to join time hackers it's this podcast on speed where you'll get access to time hacking tools not shared on the podcast you'll get access to my proven process for hacking your time to get five hours back every week at least it's also my favorite place to hang out and will be yours too as you connect with other time hackers 
where you'll get celebrated, supported, and coached, of course. You are a time hacker. This is where you belong. Head to vickilouise.com forward slash group. I can't wait to see you there.